Our Father who art in heaven, we thank you for giving us the grace to be among the living today. Lord, we have our minds set on one single purpose, and that is to be among those of whom it is written, of that here are those that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. We want to be prepared for the things that are coming ahead of us in this world. For that purpose, Lord, we come to you to fellowship with you, that you may speak to us, that you may empower us with your word. Now, dear Lord, we ask, please grant to us of your spirit abundantly, that we may receive the word of God with joy and pleasure. Also, Lord, I pray that you put your words in my mouth, that the words spoken shall be a blessing, shall edify, build up, and help your children to become more and more like Jesus. Thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, May 5 Compromise Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 The town of Zora, being near the country of the Philistines, Samson came to mingle with them on friendly terms. Thus, in his youth intimacies sprang up, the influence of which darkened his whole life. A young woman, dwelling in the Philistine town of Timnath, engaged Samson's affections, and he determined to make her his wife. To his God-fearing parents, who endeavored to dissuade him from his purpose, his only answer was, She pleased me well. The parents at last yielded to his wishes, and the marriage took place. Just as he was entering upon manhood, the time when he must execute his divine mission, the time above all others when he should have been true to God, Samson connected himself with the enemies of Israel. He did not ask whether he could better glorify God when united with the object of his choice or whether he was placing himself in a position where he could not fulfill the purpose to become accomplished by his life. To all who seek first to honor him, God has promised wisdom, but there is no promise to those who are bent upon self-pleasing. Christianity ought to have a controlling influence upon the marriage relation, but it is too often the case that the motives which lead to this union are not in keeping with Christian principles. Satan is constantly seeking to strengthen his power over the people of God by inducing them to enter into alliance with his subjects, and in order to accomplish this, he endeavors to arouse unsanctified passions in the heart. At his marriage feast, Samson was brought into familiar association with those who hated the God of Israel. Whoever voluntarily enters into such relations will feel it necessary to conform, to some degree, to the habits and customs of his companions. The time thus spent 
is worse than wasted. Thoughts are entertained and words are spoken that tend to break down the strongholds of principle and to weaken the citadel of the soul. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Compromise. We left off looking at Samson's parents, Manoah and, the mother and his wife, who the Lord appeared to twice to tell them a very important instruction on how to bring up their child so that he can fulfill the great mission that the Lord planned for him. We learned from there that we also have a great mission to fulfill on this earth and that mission is to be among those who the Lord will seal, those of whom it will be written, it will be said, here are they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Nobody will by accident be among those people. It has to be by intentional purposed effort, by resoluteness and for the child they will need a parent who can bring them up in that manner. And one thing we saw is that the diet matters and many other prenatal influences on the child will help the child to become what the Lord wants him to be today. I'm not talking of for Samson now, we're talking of today. If we want our children to fulfill the mission for which the Lord has ordained them to fulfill, it's up for grabs. God has not selected anybody per se. God has left it up for grabs. Anybody who wants, you can be among those people. Unlike the case of Samson that the Lord had to appear to the parents, the Lord has brought the offer to everyone. If you are willing, then take the offer. It's open for you to be among the people of whom it will be said, these are they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. There is no class of humans that will be more honored than the people who are going to represent God in these last days, in the last final conflict, the great controversy, those who were living in that time where they will have to stand for God in opposition to the world and its principles and customs, who prepare themselves intentionally for this particular purpose will be among them. And that's why we looked at one thing that is important in preparing such people, if you are a parent, and even if you are an adult, it is the diet. As for the child who is in the womb, the prenatal influences. But we come now further into the story of Samson to see that this is a lesson that we can learn. The truth is, parents may do the best job on their child, and yet the child still has a work to do for themselves. And that's what we learn from what we are going to look at in Samson's life today. There's no record saying that Manoah and his wife didn't do all they could to train Samson in the way of the Lord. There's no record that shows they didn't do that. They did what they were supposed to do. But then, Samson had his part to play. But he didn't play his part as he should. Reading from Judges chapter 14, from verse 1, it says, And Samson went down to Timnath, and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother, and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, or among all my people, that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord 
that he sought an occasion against the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. And we already saw that 40 years dominion. Now, this does not mean that God intended for Samson to actually marry this Philistine like it was his will and desire and he loved the girl who let Samson marry this wonderful lady. No, that was not the case. He didn't want it any more than he didn't want Joseph's brothers to sell him as a slave or any more than he didn't want Jacob to swindle his father and brother or any more than he didn't want Balaam to curse the children of Israel. The Lord did not want it. If there is one lesson we learn about God and that we have been seeing over and over, it is that God is a perfect gentleman. He does not lead us otherwise than we choose to be led. But what he does is that after he has permitted us to make our wrong choices, he lets us see the folly of our decisions so we can repent and come out better people having learned from experience since we wouldn't learn from instruction. Did Samson have instruction? Yes. His parents told him, even if he didn't know before, his parents told him, this is an uncircumcised Philistine, you shouldn't be marrying from there. And from the voice of his parents, that was the voice of God because they were repeating the word of God to him. But he didn't listen. So what does God do as he did with Jacob, as he did with Balaam, as he did with Joseph's brothers, as he did with Lot? He allowed them. He allowed Samson to have his way. He wanted Samson to see the true character of the Philistines so that he will not carry on, carry on with his plans. God knew that the Philistines would disappoint Samson, for they had evil residing in their hearts, and this evil was later revealed during the marriage. Judges 14 reading from verse 5 says, Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath, and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid, and he had nothing in his hand. But he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after a time he returned to take her. And he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating, and came to his father and mother, and he gave them, and they did eat. But he told them not that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So his father went down unto the woman, and Samson made there a feast, for so used the young men to do. And it came to pass, when they saw him, that they brought thirty companions to be with him. And Samson said unto them, I will now put forth a riddle unto you, if you can certainly declare it me within the seven days of the feast and find it out, then I will give you thirty sheets and thirty change of garments. But if you cannot declare it to me, then shall you give me thirty sheets and thirty change of garments. And they said unto him, Put forth thy riddle that we may hear it. He said to them, Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not in three days expound the parable of God, the riddle. And of course he gave them seven days. So what did the Philistines do? The Philistines now went to his wife and told her, Entice your husband so that he can tell us the riddle unless we will burn you and your father's house with fire. Now the lady was put in a street. Now she didn't tell Samson that they were going to burn the father's house and burn herself. And because her life was threatened, she began to beg Samson for the next days, the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day. She, she begged and begged and begged until Samson finally told her the answer. In fact, she had to cry before him within those days. And when it came to the sixth day, she was lying sore upon him, so the Bible said. 
and uh, and uh, Samson had to tell her the answer of the riddle. And quickly, of course, she went to tell the answer to her brethren, the Philistines. And when they told the answer, Samson was now the one who had to do what they asked him to do in giving them the price that he said would be for anyone who does not fulfill the end of the bargain. So in this, the Lord wanted Samson to see the character and the nature of the Philistines. But Samson kept on neglecting every sign that the Lord was showing him. Firstly, they threatened to burn his wife. This shows you that these are not the people you should unite with. First, secondly, the wife even deceived him. That shows you that this is not somebody you want to marry. Who wants to marry somebody like that from such a family, such a people? They disappointed Samson and gave his wife to another woman even after that. Here, the deceptive, sly and wicked character was now revealed of the Philistines. The object of God was now accomplished to make Samson understand that he cannot unite in marriage with the people who are not true to their word. This is what the Lord wanted to show him. He compromised in wanting to marry a lady who was a Philistine, an unbeliever who doesn't believe in the same God as himself. But the Lord permitted it so that God knew that he was going to get a bitter lesson. He did get the bitter lesson and the Lord made it to happen that he didn't even marry the lady. The lady was given to somebody else to marry. This was supposed to be a wake-up call for Samson, which is what the Lord wanted to happen. But Samson, he still failed. He still failed. He went back for the lady sometime later. What do we learn from this story of Samson? Samson, just like us, was supposed to fulfill a sacred and holy mission for God. Just like John the Baptist and Jesus, his parents had the Lord visit them on his account. It was that important. Yet, Satan was planning to divert him from his holy and sacred mission. We, like Samson, have a work to do for ourselves. And if we must fulfill our sacred mission of vindicating the character of God, then we must learn not to give in to our own personal desires like Samson did. Even if parents do their part, that's the lesson we learn now, even if parents do their part, we must also do our part. Samson had good parents, but he chose to let the temptation of Satan lure him to sin. Conflict and Courage, page 131, paragraph 3 tells us, Just as he was entering upon his manhood, upon manhood, the time when he must execute his divine mission, the time above others when he should have been true to God. Samson connected himself with the enemies of Israel. He did not ask whether he could better glorify God when united with the object of his choice, or whether he was placing himself in a position where he could not fulfill the purpose to be accomplished by his life. To all, to all who seek first to honor him, God has promised wisdom. But there is no promise to those who are bent upon self-pleasing. Satan is constantly seeking to strengthen his power over the people of God by inducing them to enter into alliance with his subjects. And in order to accomplish this, he endeavors to arouse unsanctified passions in the heart. End of quote. We too, some of us who are listening right now, you are probably entering into that time in your life where you are going to have the greatest influence, where the Lord can either use you for good or if the devil gets you, oh, he will use you for so much evil. And it's at that critical moment when we are entering full manhood and full womanhood that the devil will commit his temptation. I do not believe that there is anyone in this world who the Lord doesn't have a good plan for and a plan to fulfill a holy mission. The Lord has plans for you to fulfill a sacred and holy important mission just like he had for Samson. But as we enter into the, the 
pinnacle of our lives as we enter into the most important time of our lives we should notice and be careful not to allow the devil to come into our lives and divert us into a direction that will make us not to fulfill the plan that God has for us and eventually we will lose our more our immortal inheritance what was Samson's response to the temptation Satan brought to him which was through the Philistine woman she pleased me well that was what he told his parents and what was his response to the temptation he fell for it this is the response of many many men and ladies today when choosing a spouse he pleased me well she pleased me well and what is it that pleases them well it is not godliness or a good character it is the physical attributes of the person that pleases them well oh he is tall he is handsome he has money his parents are rich she is beautiful she has figure eight and they will say oh this one is hot babe baby oku that's what they will say and then they will say oh she's educated she went to school he went to school what does that have to do with fulfilling the holy mission like we read about samson he did not even care to ask the lord whether this decision was going to be was going to help him to fulfill his holy mission or not we have studied about marriage in other devotions and i just want to remind us of some things that we're to ask ourselves when we are getting into marriage ask yourself will this person increase my usefulness when you understand your own purpose in life ask yourself will this person increase my love for god ask ask yourself will this union make heaven more sure for me these are questions we should ask ourselves and how do you get answers to this question if somebody is going to increase your usefulness then you will see that they themselves are useful towards the kingdom of god somebody who doesn't know god cannot increase your usefulness with child of god who are going to the celestial city somebody who is not going that direction cannot help you they will reduce your usefulness the things you used to do before for the lord they will divert your attention and you will not be able to do them again and i asked also will they increase my love for god somebody who doesn't love god cannot increase your love for god how do we know that someone loves god first john 5 verse 3 this is the love of god that we keep his commandments somebody who says he loves god and doesn't keep his commandments the lie and the truth is not in him first john chapter 2 reading from verse 3 and 4 hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments he that said i know him and keep it not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him and you see that young man and that young lady who after you have spoken to the person concerning the word of god told them the commandments of god the testing truths concerning for example the day the sabbath telling them the testing truth concerning especially all of god's commandments in fact and yet they are not making a bodge concerning these things and that you still say she pleased me well this is the devil coming into your life to make you to derail from the purpose for which the lord has created you reading from adventist on page 72 paragraph 2 it says how much greater caution should be exercised in entering the marriage relation a relation which affects future generations and the future life instead of this it is often entered upon with jests and levity impulse and passion blindness and lack of calm consideration the only explanation of this is that satan loves to see misery and ruin in the world and he weaves this net to entangle souls 
He rejoices to have these inconsiderate persons lose their enjoyment of this world and their home in the world to come. End of quote. Also, Adventist homepage 80, paragraph 2 says, Satan is constantly busy to hurry inexperienced youth into a marriage alliance. But the less we, we glory in the marriages which are now taking place, the better. End of quote. How can you know when Satan is hurrying you? One way is when you are in a hurry yourself and not being calm about the whole marriage issue. When you are always thinking, marriage, 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 that, you, where are you hurrying to, young man, young lady? When you have not even thought about how to take care of yourself and all you are thinking of is marriage, marriage. And if you will, men, if only people will just be sincere to themselves, they will solve their own problems. But many will lie to themselves and say, oh, I'm doing it for the purpose of God, for, for a good purpose. And they would see the truth blatantly before their face. They know this person cannot help them fulfill the mission, but she pleased him well. He pleased her well. Therefore, he cannot be stopped. He will carry on in his own desires. Adventist homepage 18, now paragraph 3 says, In consequence of hasty marriages, even among the professed people of God, there are separations, divorces, and great confusion in the church. End of quote. And why is there confusion? Look at Samson's case. The wife was given to someone else. One of the reasons is that the family was an ungodly family. So that when it was time for him to marry her, they took her away from him. Even after he had paid all he needed to pay and done all he needed to do, they took her away from him and gave her to someone else to marry. Adventist on page 80 paragraph 5 says, Young men have received the truth and run well for a season. But Satan has woven his meshes about them in unwise attachments and poor marriages. This he saw would be the most successful way he could allure them from the path of holiness. I have been shown that the youth of today have no true sense of their great danger. There are many of the young whom God would accept as laborers in the various branches of his work, but Satan steps in and so entangles them in his web that they become estranged from God and powerless in his work. Satan is a sharp and persevering workman. He knows just how to entrap the unwary. And it is an, un an alarming fact that but few succeed, hear this, but few succeed in escaping from his wiles. They see no danger and do not guard against his devices. He prompts them to fasten their affections upon one another without seeking wisdom of God or of those whom he has sent to warn, reprove, and counsel. They feel self-sufficient and will not bear restraint." End of quote. We need to check our lives and ask ourselves concerning the attachments that we are forming. I've seen young men and young ladies, especially young men, form attachments that just spoil their life altogether. The advancement they would have made in this life, the, the things they would have achieved, all of it goes down in the dust. Why? Because of unwise attachments. Did you hear what we just read? Satan has woven his meshes around them in unwise attachments and poor marriages. This he saw would be not the great, greatly successful, but the most successful way he could allure them from the path of holiness. This is the reason why we must be careful with respect to the attachments we are forming 
concerning marriage don't let beauty to sway you the bible says beauty is vain favor is deceitful but a woman that fears the lord she shall be praised if you are saying concerning the man and then the you lady are thinking oh i want to be i want a rich husband i want someone who is handsome and tall and this and just bringing all this external physical irrelevant criterias for who you want to marry some even go as far as saying oh he must have a certificate certificate from where is it from the school of christ or from the schools of the world how does that determine for you how who the lord would select as a married person for you do you think the lord is going to be looking at that when he wants to select a husband for you whether he went to school so-called and it's because our own minds has looked at the school of the world today and felt that oh this is what matters it is the trophy that we can get from this world and then you feel good because your husband is a doctor or a master's degree holder or a professor or whatever and you think oh this i can i can rub shoulders with him because i went to school and he didn't and he also went and then you, you think that these are the things the lord will be looking at would you marry a moses would you marry an aaron how about jesus there were schools in their day but they didn't go to those schools are you now cutting yourself away from be, the privilege of being the wife to a peter to a john they were just fishermen young ladies at times need to bring themselves low and stop thinking about these earthly irrelevant criterias it doesn't mean that we cannot talk about compatibility no we can talk about compatibility compatibility has nothing to do with whether somebody went to the schools of the world or not because even when you see some who went to the schools of the world you find out that it's not all of them you can roll with why can't you communicate and roll with them it is because it is not about school it is not just about school it's just about us having the right mindset and keying into the plan of the lord do not let satan come in and weave you into a mesh like he says the most successful way he can allure us from the path of holiness all of us we need to be careful lest satan allure us from the path of holiness the lord says to us Deuteronomy 7 verse 2 to 6 and when the lord thy god shall deliver them from before thee thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them thou shalt not make no covenant with them nor show mercy unto them neither shalt thou make marriages with them thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son for they will turn away thy son from following me that they may serve other gods so will the anger of the lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly we read satan is constantly seeking to strengthen his power over the people of god by inducing them to enter into an alliance with his subjects end of quote it is important also so so what we're looking at now shows us that we need to be careful ask yourself is it satan that is leading me into this into this attachment and you can't be confused because you will know you won't be like samson who is saying she pleased me well he pleased me well you would ask the questions i recommend you can listen to the podcast we had that was titled choosing a wife and a happy a happy a relationship we also had other ones like marrying and giving in marriage those those uh, podcasts contain information on what the things that needs to be done in selecting a husband selecting a wife and how to run the family all those things were discussed there i may not be able to go through all of it now so what we are learning today at least is we shouldn't allow the devil 
to weave us into a mesh. When the Lord is trying to use us for a purpose, Satan sees that the, the, the most successful way he can turn us away from the plan God has for us is by uniting us with someone who is not going in the same direction as ourselves. Now, another thing that we should look at that is even a danger in this matter is that firstly, from the marriage itself, the, the marriage ceremony, it begins there, the compromise begins there, and we start to lose direction. It is important to check the culture and customs of the people with whom we must unite in marriage, lest we are led to do things contrary to God's will, all in the name of marriage. Because today, the Philistines are not Philistines by name anymore. They are even in your own church. They are in your local church. They claim to believe the same God you believe, but yet they are, they are verily Philistines. They are verily people from Timnat. They are like the Timnat lady. Samson was led to do things he would not normally do because he chose to marry an unbeliever. You see, there are many people of Timnat in our churches today. They pass as Christians, but they are not ruled by the principles of God. Rather, they are ruled by the customs of Timnat. They would even go as far as requesting alcohol from the people coming to marry their daughters because that is the custom in Timnat, the land of their ancestry. And we saw this statement. Whoever voluntarily enters into such relations will feel it necessary to conform to some degree to the habits and customs of his companions. The time thus spent is worse than wasted. Thoughts are entertained and words are spoken that tend to break down the strongholds of principle and to weaken the citadel of the soul. And of course, that's Conflict and Courage, page 131, paragraph 5. So, if you are getting married to people, and uh, to any man or lady, we should also check the family that they are coming from. Because in the wedding ceremony of, of um, Samson, he was made to do things that he would naturally not do, things that are not in harmony with the will of God. And like I said, there are many Christians today who are like the Philistines. Instead of following the principles of God and allowing the principles of Christianity to rule them and have a controlling influence in the marriage relation, we read that Adventist home page 94 paragraph 5, Christianity ought to have a controlling influence upon the marriage relation, but it is often the case that the motives which lead to this union are not in keeping with Christian principles. End of quote. And also it is the case that in the wedding ceremony itself, Christianity is not the ruling principle. It is not the controlling influence. Because if it was, we have already seen that we are as Christians, we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. The Lord has made us kings and priests unto God. Therefore, we are not to even taste any form of alcohol. But you see elders, you see pastors, you see top men in the church requesting alcohol from their in-laws in the marriage ceremony. They are from Timnat. They are not Christians. What rules them shows during the marriage ceremony. If it was Christian principles that was ruling them, they would not request alcohol. They would not request their daughters to dress with ornaments and to dress like the world. They wouldn't do that. But we know people's real religion when the chips are down. We do want to know people's religion. Check their burials. Check their marriages. Then you will know what is really the true religion of people because the principles that govern the marriage ceremony and the principles that govern the burials, there you will now know whether it is God that is ruling them or not or whether it is the customs of Timnat, the place of their ancestry that is ruling them. Because you hear it today. So many demands are made, so many things are done. The music that is played in the marriage ceremony, the in-laws have a say in it. And if you are a godly person and you say, oh, I don't want to play this kind of music, then your in-laws say no. You can't stop them. They will do what they want to do. And the influences there will be affecting you too. You'll be listening to it. 
and then the, the, the reverie and all that is going on there and the alcohol and drinking is going to affect you also because you have made companions with them and that's why we need to intelligently make a choice when getting married and if the lady also both ladies and men wherever you are from we should if you are someone who you are not part of the religion of your parents and you have come out of darkness into the marvelous light you must be ready to stand your ground and face your parents head on head to head go with them and say no i cannot do this it is my marriage i can't allow this to happen well the parents have their own say of what they want to do everybody has a freedom of choice to do what they like but you should at least make it clear to them that you are not in harmony with those things and even if they may do that it is your duty to dissociate yourself from such practices and not join them like samson did he joined them in the party like like the men used to do he parted with them with the philistines do not party with the philistines i know there are cases where somebody may need to marry a man or a lady who is not necessarily from timnat i would say now and they are different from their own family in such cases what they should do is during the wedding ceremony itself if the parents insist on doing what they want to do that's not in harmony with the word of god then do not participate in it let them do what they want to do but do not participate in it but the greater lesson we are learning from the story of samson is like we have always said evil communication corrupts good manners first corinthians chapter 15 verse 33 and like the lord has warned us be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers and he said in Deuteronomy chapter 7 that you will not turn them rather that they will turn us from following God that's Deuteronomy 7 verse 4 let us be careful lest Satan uses marriage to destroy us based on the mission that the Lord has prepared for us let us be careful not to allow Satan to turn us from the path of holiness and make us to miss our way and separate us from God and from the holy sacred mission that he has given to us. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, please open our eyes that we may see clearly and make the right decision as regards those whom we will unite with in marriage. Lord, we commit your children unto your care who are already entangled. Please, Lord, give them the grace to separate from such entanglement because their destiny is hanging on the balance because of this entanglement. We have read that Satan would want to derail us from our mission through uniting us with people that will make us not to fulfill that mission. Dear Lord, we commit ourselves to you. Please, may such things not happen to us. Help us, Lord, not to follow our own personal desires, but to follow the will and ways of the Lord, that we may fulfill the purpose for which you have created us in this life. Thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.